Welcome to the Gridiron Crew, an American football podcast made in Scotland by NFL lovers. You are listening to and watching the first in our series of Super Bowl preview crews. And I'm your host, actually it's the second actually, because we did a wee one last week. This is the first in the series, a special preview cruise. Uh, and I am your host, Brian, the conscience of Cleveland Donlin. Now, everybody, remember, like, subscribe, follow the crew on X, on Instagram. You can find us on Twitch, we're on YouTube, and we are wherever you get your podcasts. Well, we are down to the business end of the season, and it's time to talk about the, well, one of the two teams ready for the last tango in Vegas, or See, this became kind of the first tango in Vegas. Um, now, we are starting tonight with a, a team that doesn't get to Super Bowls that frequently. Uh, you know, I can't even remember the last time they were, they were relevant in January, um, or, or, or February for that matter. Um, it is the Kansas City Chiefs. And who better to talk all things Kansas City than some of the biggest fans available? Now, he likes to anoint himself the, the person, the, the owner of the Arrowhead Invitational uh, moniker, he seems to want to invite himself to Arrowhead frequently enough, uh, but he is our resident big chief. It is Studs. How are you doing tonight, sir? Yeah, not bad and looking forward to obviously what's coming up this week, even if we sent the Arrowhead Invitational away for a season. It'll be back next year, so don't worry about it. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, well... From a man who likes to call himself the coiner of a phrase, I'm, I'm, I'm in no way convinced Studs was the first person to say that. To a man who actually is the coiner of a phrase, uh, he is the coiner of the Legion of Zoom, uh, he is the keeper of the Great British Chiefs show, it is Brad Simcox. How you doing, Brad? Thank you for joining us tonight. I'm very good, Brian. Uh, that was a hell of an intro, that for me, that right. <laughs> did you, did you do the Legion of Zoom? I, I never knew you know, you I, I, I might have mentioned, You've never it, mentioned it before. I, I might have mentioned it in passing. I don't know. <laughs> I probably well, wasn't well kept secret. Well kept <laughs> secret. Uh, and rounding us off tonight, he's a man that stepped in at the last moment, valiantly launching himself into the breach. And to be fair, if Studs wants an Arrowhead invitation, maybe Neil of the international Kansas City fan group Arrowheads Abroad can square him up with one. Neil, how are you doing, mate? I'm very good, Brian. Thanks. Thank you very much for having me on. Excellent. Thank you for joining us, mate. Well, Not. it is Super Bowl week, and you, swine, uh, all get to be happy this week because you're all relevant. <laughs> yeah. This is when I sit here in my little sad Cleveland Browns corner, kind of like pawing at the glass, wishing I could be, I could be in in this in the sunshine with these guys. Um, but no, it is fantastic to have you all on. Now, as always, uh, we are going to get ourselves started with a kickoff question. Now, we have just had the biggest, most important, and most valuable weekend of football in the year. It was, of course, Pro Bowl weekend. This is what we just, this is, I should, again, I should have sound effects for like crickets. It was a Pro Bowl. Um, it is much maligned, but it's happened. So we're going to make a wee bit of reference to it. Now, the NFC have won it yet again. That's two years on the trot for them, thanks to a very strong showing uh, in the skills events, even if they did get utterly hosed at flag football, um, because it, tu it turns out Gino can chuck pick sixes in flag football, which is a, a thing. 
Um, but we're not talking about that. We are going to talk about the Pro Bowl. And my question to kick us off tonight is, which event do you think that you would do well in and why? And since we're going to be talking about the Pro Bowl and everybody whinges about the Pro Bowl, uh, we might as well also ask if you could add something. You could add something to Pro Bowl weekend to, to make it less of a laughing stock. Um, what we do. <laughs> so, we'll go down the table first, and I want to know what do you think that like, if I put you in the hot seat, you were, you're getting put up, you're going to represent the AFC in one of the events that happens during the Pro Bowl, one of the one of the skill events. Uh, what would you want to actually do? Um, Neil, kick us off. You, you, you're to my clockwise for me. I was going to get I, you in to do any one of them. What would it be, mate? I, I'm the wrong person to ask this because I did not watch the Pro Bowl. <laughs> There's no Chiefs there. Who cares? Like <laughs> we, We're never there. We're too busy preparing for the Super Bowl. Like, um, I, I just have no interest in the Pro Bowl whatsoever. Um, they, they could make it a flag tournament. They could make it a golf tournament. I still wouldn't care. Well, there was a golf-related event. Oh. For the sake of anybody that maybe that was similarly afflicted and maybe didn't take a lot of interest, particularly on Thursday night's um, skills showdown, we had precision precision passing, which is exactly what it sounds like. Now, that's actually quite a good watch, particularly with Baker and CJ. I was going to say, you only liked that because Baker won it. It's the only interest you've got in that one. Full disclosure for Neil and Brad, I, I may be... Baker's biggest fan. Um, oh, but oh, well, that, that sits well with me because I'm not his best fan either. Oh, <laughs> I, love I love his adverts, if that's any help. Um, so, we had that, which I would break a bit with. Uh, <laughs> See, uh, there is the best catch event where they need to catch as many footballs as, as they can without dropping any. Uh, that was closest to the pin, which is closest to the pin. Um there is, oh, there's the, then there's best catch where they, they video themselves being ridiculous off a trampoline. Um, there was dodgeball, dodgeball, and then there was snapshots, which I like to think would be Stu, a resident Canadian who features on the crew often. I would like to think that would be his favourite event because it's just all about long snappers. Yeah. The, the much maligned long snapper. So, if long I'm, snappers if I'm, that won the long snappers doing it, you had Jason Kelsey, who did it, who's I, not even Jason a long Kelsey snapper. Jason Kelsey can do whatever he wants. That man can do no wrong these days. So there you go. I'm going to put, I'm going to put you in the spot, and I'm going to make you choose. Yeah, would you like to put yourself in for a, a precision pass, an, out, an outlandish catch? Can you? Do you have the hands big enough to hold many balls? Uh, Perhaps. Yeah, I've got a reasonable size hand. I, I I played one game of American football once, and I played wide receiver. So I, I'd go for the outlandish catch. Um, I think if they really wanted to make the Pro Bowl interesting. They should have like the offensive linemen doing the precision passing and <laughs> defensive linemen doing the catching drills. Now that is something I would watch. That is, that is something many would pay to see, actually. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. I don't think I'd nose tackle going, going for a massive one. Exactly. It would be quality viewing. So yeah, that's what I'd go for. If I, if I was to make an interest in, that's where I'd go for. But myself, yeah, I'll go for the acrobatic catch one. Next one. Brad, we'll come to you next. What would you... What would, what would your event be, and then what would you add to make, to make it be a wee bit more of something we'd want to all get involved in? Well, I think that the event I'd have to go for, because we, we do actually have, uh, in Arrowheads Abroad, don't we, Neil, we have the the Winchester Rifles Association <laughs> group, which do, yes. um, 
Winchester's our long snapper, and and you know what? I'd like to have a go at that just to see how hard it is to actually do long snapping because it, that looked difficult. I mean, I know it's not a lot of running around, but you have to be so accurate. And I think those guys, it for for that to have to be a a, a, a skills um, round, I think it was really good for the NFL to actually showcase that because. It's it's an unsung hero kind of position is long snapper and like I said shout out to the uh, Winchester Rifles Association group in the Arrowheads Abroad crew <laughs> for that but um, <laughs> but I think um, I think for me to to add a little spice into the the Pro Bowl it needs I mean it, it, it's been lacking heart and soul basically it needs some kind of rivalry injected into it again between the AFC and the NFC because you know for for years. You know, both conferences were were real kind of rivals. You know, battling out against each other, and and you know it was it was a hateful kind of uh, a, a rivalry. And we don't seem to have that anymore. We've got flag football, for God's sake. It's not something that you really want to tune in for. You want you want the bit of the aggro. You want a bit of the you know in your face kind of football. And and I get it. It's the end of the season. A lot of players don't want to get injured and stuff. I get it. I get it. And there's a lot of money involved, but. It needs something. Maybe, maybe the winner can, I don't know, carry Patrick Mahomes' bags or something uh in the in the, in the Super Bowl the following week. Something like that, you know. There you go. The the winner, winners are being permitted to grace to, to feel graced by Pat's presence in the other. I like that. Surprise everybody wants. Right, studs, I'll come to you, mate. Uh what, what would you what would you do? Oh, for reference, by the way, is I actually quickly checked this. Uh, your average long snapping distance. This is a bit that gets me with long snappers because it's not as short as you think it is. It's like 15 oh. foot. Oh, right. <laughs> it's pretty far. You try to tune your legs accurately. That's no easy. <laughs> um, so that's coming to you, mate. What would you do? What would your event be? And what would you do to spice up the Pro Bowl? I can't, I can't actually believe you said the long snap would be Stu's one and you must have kicked tack toe. For the kickers, oh, yeah, sorry, of course. Stu's a resident kicker. If I should add on, he'll just yeah, uh, just I'm just giving a special love. <laughs> um, now for me, I think I'm going to go with who everyone's spirit person right now, and Jason Kelsey. I could be that guy on the sled <laughs> cheering the team on and, <laughs> and encouraging them to victory. I think that's where I would, I would go. <laughs> I'd be the one in the sled. Hang on a minute, hang on a minute. You're saying that your position that you would like to perform most is mascot. I basically, I'm, 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 I'm quite happy to be there, cheer you on, and let you push me around. <laughs> I'm sure I've probably got one of them upstairs now, <laughs> <laughs> um, In terms of making it a bit more interesting, I, again, Neil, can I, I can I put a wee light bulb moment in my head? I was thinking, the obvious one, let's have a bit of a beer chugging competition. But then, <laughs> what, when Neil started talking about the offensive and defensive linemen playing like the skill positions, and doing the doing the catches, can you imagine doing a beer chugging competition? And the one at the end has to then run a wide receiver route. So you, your beer chugging is <laughs> going to be your day lineman and your lineman. Get to the end of it, and then you've got to run a route and catch a pass. I think there'll be some carnage in that one. <laughs> I think if we inject alcohol into it, it does bring it that feisty side that I want in yes. it as well. You know, you might get a barroom yeah. brawl at the end of it, maybe. Um, yeah, you know, a bit is. of rivalry going on. 
You spilt my beer. How dare you? No, <laughs> 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 so I, 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 you know, I like, I like to think for first to chip mine, and I, I think I, I'm gonna be with you. I think I would go for a wee an attempt at an acrobatic cast, which, given how specky I am, would be quite a thing to watch. Actually, probably just me getting leathered in the face with footballs for like twenty minutes. Which, to well, be to, fair, I could imagine people would pay to watch that. Um, to be fair, that's what David and Drew have done in his skills challenge for the catch. He, he get voted, he get put up for best catch, and he never actually caught a pass. And yeah, do you know, and I'm I'm the same. I think the, the to, do you know, I would I, I would bin it all together. I can't remember who said this. I think many people have said it over the years. I'd bin the whole thing, and I'd make your second, your worst and your second worst team play an actual game of first pick overall. I think that I would I would watch that. I would tune in to watch <clears throat> what the I can't think who's second overall. The because the Bears own the Panthers first overall pick. I see the Panthers the, are first. Well Commanders are second, I think. Commanders are, you know, would you would pay to watch the, the Bears as it'll be because they've got that pick for the Panthers. The Bears and the Commanders play an actual game for first overall. And even better, we could actually just sit Caleb in the sideline and just watch him be really, really scared <laughs> as, as the different teams take the lead and not. Um, right, okay. Thank you very much. That's 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 more than enough Pro Bowl chat. And it's time to talk about all things Kansas City Chiefs. And what better place to start than the man who leads it all? No, not Patrick Mahomes. There is only one man in charge. It is the Wallace himself, Wallace of Love. Andy Reid. And my question to you, gents, now, we are in an odd position, or we are looking to be in an odd position. Another head coach, ex-head coach, whoever thought we'd be saying that, Bill Belichick, looks to be not involved in the NFL for the first time in something like 65,000 years this season. (laughs) So, now that it looks like Bill isn't going to be about and even if Bill was still about, he's not had the best of the last couple of years. <clears throat> Should we be thinking about Andy Reid as actually the best coach that the NFL has? And I'm going to include Bill in this conversation for the sake of this this wee bit. Is Andy Reid just a better head coach than Bill Belichick and everybody else by extension? What do we think, gents? Who would, who's who's with me that, that Andy Reid is, is the A number one coach in the league? See some sad shaking of the head from Neil. Neil, come on, it's your own man. I, I know, but I, I think you have to distinguish between Bill Belichick, the coach, and Bill Belichick, the general manager. And Bill Belichick, the coach, even getting four wins out of the roster that Bill Belichick, the general manager, did leave him. Um, that was a good coaching effort. And they were competitive in most games. So I still think Belichick's the best coach um, but Belichick, the general manager, absolutely hamstrung him for the past couple of years and left him bereft of talent. I, I love Big Red, Andy Reid, fantastic coach, great guy, loved by everyone. But he still needs another couple of Super Bowls before you have that conversation for me. Yeah, I, I think um, I, mean, I, I, I think you're right. I think it, Bill Belichick. You, the the good thing about Bill Bill Belichick is he has that twenty year dominance i think doesn't he is that two decade dominance in the in the the nfl which basically just drowns out anything else that anybody's trying to achieve right now and yeah i get it you know it's been it's been great five year stretch uh for for the chiefs five six year stretch where you know we suddenly see ourselves 
really kind of lining ourselves to what Brady's achievements were at like 28 years old. You know, suddenly Mahomes is is at that, is you know, he's knocking on the door, but there's still a long way to go. There's still a heck of a long way to go to really kind of assert, um, you know, the Chiefs in that, you know, in, in put them in that place where you can really kind of start comparing them with the Patriots. And um, it's great. And I'm really happy that we're, we're here and everything like that, that, you know, we've got a good five-year dominance here. And big, big Reds definitely part of that dominance. I mean, since he's been at Kansas City, I don't think we've ever had a losing record. And and when you see the personnel he's had through, he's had, you know, he's worked with the likes of Alex Smith as well, you know, to get the Chiefs where they are in such, I would say, a really relatively short space of time uh, for, for somebody to turn around a franchise like that and keep it literally focused and just getting better and better and better and better each year. Um, he's one of the greatest coaches out there, without a doubt. You know, we love Big Red. He's Kansas City Chiefs for life for us. Um, but I think right now, I don't think he's got enough years in him to actually chase down the accomplishments of what Bill Belichick's achieved. I'm, I'm very much in the same boat as what Brad and you are saying. I think he's well, again, the five years we've had this year have been unreal. Uh, this year, the last five years have been unreal. But, <laughs> but um, I, I just think it's there's too big a stretch for what Bill Belichick's done. I think the only way Andy Reid maybe surpasses him is if you're talking three, four Super Bowls in a row. Something unheard of like that would put Reid into the conversation. Um, I mean, he's an absolutely unbelievable offensive mind. We know that. We've seen what he's done with the likes of um, Sproul in Philadelphia um, and what he's done with the Chiefs teams over the years. So he is a genius when it comes to football, but he needs to... He would need to do something outlandish like three, four Super Bowls in a row for me to, to kind of start breaking that door. I think Belichick's defensive genius probably matches Andy's offensive genius. So you kind of have to take that out of the equation because mm. they're both geniuses on their respective sides of the ball. Yeah. Well, a lot said, a lot said, we obviously, Belichick's, he's knocking on the door of Don Shaw's record. Um, 13 wins, I think he needs. Um, and he would become the, the, the winningest coach. These NFL people love saying, and I can't get my head around it, winning is. Uh, it would become the most successful head coach in NFL history. However, as I put my, my final, I can't remember, I'm the one here standing up for Andy Reid. Um, <laughs> who, who's seen this coming? Um, so, Andy Reid is the only coach to ever win 100 or more games with two separate teams. He's the only coach to appear in five conference championships with multiple teams. He's 20 seasons out of 25 with a winning record, 14 division titles. He's got a long, long list of accomplishments to his name. And then, yes, somebody sweeps in and says something to the tune of, well, Belichick's got a 29-year career. And even if we only look, this is a bit favourable since I'm eliminating the Browns here. Um, but if we only look at um, his career in New England, he's, you know, 387 wins to 266 losses. It's, you know, incredible ratios and all the rest of it. However... And I love this because I love playing devil's advocate here. Bill Belichick, minus. He said, Andy Shoney can do it. Different cities, different rosters, different players. Bill Belichick, without a certain player you may have heard of who could be called Tom Brady. 
has an 84 and 103 record. He's a losing coach. Take Tom Brady away, and yet he achieved incredible things. That Patriots dynasty is unquestionable. Take away the one bit, and all of a sudden, I don't know, is Bill Belichick really all it, or was it built on the team that he had? I'm not going to say it was all Brady either. That's obviously nonsense. But when you put that 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 perfect combination together, it just was worked. It was magical. Is that flattering Belichick's record? And should we be paying a bit more respect to Andy? I mean, maybe the maybe the AFC East may have might have flattered it and might have inflated the uh, the stats a little bit. Maybe the the state it was in for two decades. But I'm, you, I'm, hang on a minute. I'm not going to bring that suggest to me that the New York Jets are not an incredible football <laughs> franchise and should be feared by all. That, it sounds like that's what you're saying. Do you know what you're going to set me off down another route about Tom Brady not being all that? Um, uh, yeah, I, I, I don't. I don't think the show's long enough for me to to talk about that that much. But um, I mean, you make a valid case, Brian. You really do. That you know, it, it, is it the Tom Brady effect? Is it the Bell, Bill Belichick? Is it? Well, was it just a perfect marriage? It's, it's you know, it's could one live without the other? I don't know. It's. I mean, I know Tom Brady obviously you know proved it um, winning another Super Bowl with Tampa Bay. But then he ran off into the hills because he knew that Mahomes was going to start trying to catch him and chase him down. Um, can you see it, where it my loyalties lie here? <laughs> <laughs> the, thing, the thing is, as well, um, not to stick up for Bill Belichick in any way, shape or form here, but there were times where the offence wasn't the driving force in that Patriots dynasty. As Neil mentioned, Belichick was a defensive genius. Um, or as a defensive genius, I'm talking as if he's dead, but I don't know, but you see them in that video in the ring, bouncing out of somebody's house and doing the walk of shame, I think he looked still a bit spry, to be honest. Uh, but, I, the walk of shame makes a younger man of all of us. Um, right, okay. Well, all things, Coach. I think it's safe to say that Andy Reid is um, certainly held as one of, if not the, certainly one of, the greatest coaches that the league's ever had the good fortune to, to have in it. And we are very fortunate to be watching the league at a time when he is coaching. On the notion of a time when he is coaching, we have had a very interesting uh, playoff journey for you guys so far. As as was alluded to earlier, the Arrowhead Invitational was not a thing this year. So... What are my question to each of these guys? Um, what has been your your moment for the playoffs so far? What has been your the big standout bit for Kansas City when you've watched it? It's either that moment that you've just loved to see, um, or yeah, just your your favourite moment. So what what has it been? Um, Neil, kick us off, mate. What's been your favourite moment of the, the playoffs so far? Um, when the Bills missed the field goal and we beat them in their place, um, I'm tired of hearing about how good they are um they're not that good um and to go to their place and beat them relatively comfortably even when we let them run the ball at will um yeah th there was never any doubt we were going to win that game because their defense couldn't stop us um and if we'd needed to go downfield if they had kicked that field goal i had no doubts we were going to drive downfield and score and win the game um it was just a real kind of just get back in your box there and um you know let's let's acknowledge who the best team is here. 
actually like that because I've I've been on the on our pod a few times saying I think the Bills are very very overrated now. Mm. So I am firmly in your boat with that one. Um, so I that was that was good fun. <laughs> it's a funny thing about the Bills though, isn't it? It's it. I've always said the Bills are are an exceptional seasonal team. But when it comes to the playoffs, there's just something to just really cannot get over it. They, 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 yeah. they, they just can't get over that hump. And I mean, obviously, Mahomes is in the way again. But when you see the Bills in the season, they look devastating. I mean, they really do steamroll teams when you see them. But like I said, well, for whatever reason it is, it, the the playoffs just ain't their thing. They're not built for the playoffs. I, I so, think they're too they're too one dimensional on offense. So basically, it's Josh Allen hero ball, or oh, hope Stefan Diggs does something. And Stefan Diggs, it looks like he's coming towards the end of his career now. Um, defensively, they're old and they're injury prone. Yes. And you could see that when we played them, they were missing most of their linebackers. Um, and we were able to just prey on that at will. Um, but I, I refer to them as flat track bullies, to use a cricketing term. They're great when things are going in their favour and they're playing against bad teams. But when it comes to the playoffs and details matter and you've got to rise to the occasion, they just can't do it. And it's like three years in a row they've showed us this now, that they can't do it. And if it was once, then yeah, fair enough. Everyone can have a bad week. But you can't keep doing the same thing in the playoffs every season and tell me you're a really top-tier team because you're not. I'm sorry, but... So what we're saying here is that we should somehow rejuggle the playoffs to make Dallas play the Bills. Oh, that would be great. Has there ever been an NFL game that's finished nil nil? Divisional round game somehow ends nil nil, decided by coin toss. <laughs> the Bills would lose that anyway, so don't worry about that. that, that thing, boys. <laughs> yeah, the, coin, the coin would land on its edge. I know it's it, it, yeah. <laughs> oh. Right, uh, Brad, what about you, sir? What was your, your highlight of the playoffs so far been? Uh, I think I think taking down Tyreek Hill once again, I think it's probably been the biggest thing for the playoffs. Um, I mean, it was great seeing... Um, seen it happen in, in Frankfurt during the season and uh, we were fortunate enough to be there, weren't we, Neil? And, and, yeah. and see that um, that strip of the ball off Tyreek Hill and then, you know, taking it to the house how they did. It was it was a phenomenal moment. And I think that added to the spice of this game a little bit more in the in the playoffs because obviously Tyreek Hill, I mean, I don't know if you've seen the, um, the, the you know, the um, uh, hard knocks uh, mid-season with, uh, with the Dolphins. Um, Tyreek Hill literally ran onto the field and said, "Round two, guys, let's go." And I thought, you know what? It's 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 uh, you know credit for him for the heart. I mean, you know, he, he really did want to do something against the Chiefs, and he really wanted to uh, to get that win in our head because he'd been talking so much smack uh, at the beginning of the season, and to to end that run um, and just basically show them up how the Chiefs did. Um, I think that was a great moment in the playoffs for me. Another, t- another team that's um, performed really, really well against bad teams. Um, you know what I mean? I think everybody's, I think it's fair to say, mm-hmm. most people have enjoyed watching the Dolphins this year when they're playing against a bad team. Mm-hmm. You put the Dolphins up against a good team. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's some fragilities there that get exposed. 
Um, Studs, what about yourself? Mate? What has your, your moment of the playoffs so far been? And they copy in one of the other two. No, I know it's see to be fair. Again, I was actually, I'm quite glad I was last because I was part of it in case one of Neil or Brad had literally said what I was thinking. Um, <laughs> the one the one on Tyreek Hill, the hat on him was phenomenal. And I was trying to sit and think, what one would I go down? Would I go from Mahomes and Kelsey and the shit with Justin Tucker before the last game, which I thought was absolutely <laughs> hilarious, uh, to be honest. And then I was thinking, do I go with Lajaris Sneed and that? I mean, the timing of that punch out in Zay Flowers was ridiculous. But for me, this season probably was epitomised in the redemption catch, if you like, for MVS. He's had two big catches in. Well, we had a couple of catches against the Bills, but that catch at third and, third and eight or something third like that, third and nine, yeah, um, yeah. to turn and face it in that fall as he's catching it. It was just so reminiscent of the Bengals last year when they had the big play, and then obviously all the issues he's had this year. For me, it was that MDS catch. Love it. Uh, and it's, yeah, now we're, gonna, now we're not talking about receiver issues yet because that's paid for, <laughs> in for later in the book. Um, right, tell you what, you were last that time, Stan, so I'll get you to go first this time so there's no chance that it can be stolen. Um, so, and, and you can take the easy out if you want it and just accept it. If you take the easy out in this question, I'm not going to be angry. I'm just going just to, to disappoint. <laughs> so, my question, lots of, lots of great moments. You know, you guys have had uh, a playoff campaign that's still going, which is the main thing. Um, but it's had some fantastic moments. As you said, you've had the Sneed punch-out, you've had some real hero passes, um, you've had well, one of mine, my, one of my favourite moments of watching the Chiefs in the playoffs has got to be that Kelsey catch um, the last one. He just Kyle But a guy that's, oh. what's Kelsey oh. He's 200 and something pounds. You know, that, that's a lot of man to just <laughs> I don't look that at a ball. You know what I mean? He, he was just not... showing off to his girlfriend then, man. Uh, <laughs> to be fair. What would blame the worst? We've all been accused of doing silly things with someone pretty's watching. Um, <laughs> like, he's not some wily little receiver that can do that kind of stuff. It's a lot of human being there. So that for, for me, that was it. But my, my, my question... And you only get one player, so I love none of this for any of the threes. I love none of this bottles. Oh, well, it's a team game. No, I'm not having it. Right? None of that. This is about favourites. This is this is the, like, you know, when you're asked who's your favourite child, you need to pretend you like them all the same. Um, this is about difference makers or difference maker. Who or you is the, the, the one player on, on the, the Kansas City Chiefs that you would want to recognise that you you are the difference maker can be any part of the team at all. Um, who who would that person be? Studs will is so you you had to sit and wait and pray that your pick didn't get sniped <laughs> in the last one. So we'll, we'll do it in reverse order this time and so, let you go first. Who so would you go for? Who, who's been the difference maker over the season? Who's, 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 who's going to be the difference maker? No, 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 who's so so far so, so far? far. You know, you can, we'll maybe <sighs> at the end if you've got a different person that in the the Super Bowl to, to tip your hat to. But right now, so far, so far, so far, the the obvious answer for me, and I know you're saying obviously about Pat Mahomes, but throughout the throughout the season, for me, your difference makers probably been somebody in your defense. Um, so I think somebody in your defense would be the easy option. But 
I will leave that for Brad and Neil to think about the, the defensive side of things. I'm, <laughs> I'm going to go my answer here. I <laughs> <laughs> I'm absolutely going to go for a man who I have openly said I am, I've got a man crush developing on this guy. And it's pretty much about how he runs that makes me love him so much. And it's Isaiah Pacheco. I can oh, watch like, him all uh, yeah. he's He's probably been the, the difference maker in our offence for most of the season. He's Whenever something good's been happening, it's been on the back of him for the most part of the offence. So for me, and as much as all the memes make me crack up, he's <laughs> just been superb. Yeah, it's, that's it's a great shout. And I don't know now, this is one, go back to coined phrases, I don't know if you're the one that coined this or if somebody else did and you nicked it shamelessly, but he does run like he's angry at the ground. <laughs> like he does. You watch it and it's like, he's, like the ground has somehow said something bad about his mum. It's, it's, he is great to watch. And it's something that had a fair few shares of Mr Pacheco in fantasy football this year. I was delighted. Um, but... <laughs> You've got to get some joy wherever you can. Lad, uh, coming to you, mate. Who is who is your difference maker been? Well, as you know, Brian, it, it is a team game. Um, <laughs> I would like to nominate the ball boy. Uh, I think the referees have been brilliant this year. <laughs> Did you know that was actually one I had lined up as Just a shout gang out to the segment and I left it because I thought it was too obvious? Yeah, Carl Sheffers has had a good year, um, <laughs> but uh, I, yeah, I think I, I think you have to look at the you have to look at the defense defensive side of the ball. Um, I'm actually am I allowed to go for a coach? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Or a player. I, I I think you've got to give the credit to Spags. I really do. Um, Steve Spagnolo has got this young defense firing on all cylinders. He's got the best out of them. He utilizes them correctly. Um, he understands the strengths and the weaknesses, and he just brings the perfect game plan. It seems to be almost every week. I mean, yeah, we've had a few blips this year, but this defense is just not missed the beat all season and all playoffs and I think to to just single out a player on that defense is that this is my team this is my team thing here this is me you know I'm 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 basically saying is the whole that, defense I'm, here basically, I'm basically what I'm saying. <laughs> but I think I think Spags has just been absolutely phenomenal um and I've been I, I honestly I've been critical of him over a, you know a season or two where I just think it just doesn't seem to be working whatever he's trying to do it doesn't seem to be working but Credit to him. He's got the personnel that he needs now, um, and he's just got them all working together. And um, you can just see the, the the love and admiration that we've got as well. I mean, they did T-shirts for him with uh, in Spags We Trust, you know, um, for the defense in the last game. And it was you can just tell that they just hang on his every word. Anything that he dials up, they do it. It's just yeah, Spags for me all day. Okay, show. That is a bit of a cop-out, but we'll let it slide. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm a, a, a slide where I nominate an entire playing unit. <laughs> um, I'm saying the whole Neil, defense. That's what the whole <laughs> defense. Um, it's, uh, you know, I was trying. I was trying to quickly find because you guys do it, and it's just on on the notion of spags in your defense this year because you do have a young defense, and I can't quickly find the average age of your defense, but it is one of the younger units uh, in the game. 
And it's got something that you got to love. You got to like it when you've got a young unit because it's as Neil kind of commented on earlier. It's one of the big fragilities and one of the big contenders you have in the AFC, the Buffalo Bills. The defense is old. Defense is old, and some of the best players can't stay in the pit, can't stay in the pitch. And it's you know I mean what is it they say? Um, your best ability is availability. Availability. Um, mm-hmm. And if you ain't available, so having that young fit unit with a coach that's really utilising them, it's got to be fantastic. Um, Neil, coming to yourself, who who has your difference maker been this year, mate? Um, I'm torn on two here. Uh, my first thought is God because he made every single one of Harrison Butker's <laughs> kicks go through the uprights. <laughs> Um, it's like an Oscar's acceptance. Failing that. Um, oh, old still on us. He's probably right because he's, he's this is God intervening. No, this is a cliffhanger. Old. This is a cliffhanger. This, this wait is, for this it. Is it. Ah, he's, just, <laughs> is, he's actually he's just staying really, really still. Uh, I'm, 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 I'm alive again. I'm back. That was well, back, my internet down back. there. I thought God just um, you down there, Neil. Yeah, I, well, right. he froze my internet for a moment for disrespect. <laughs> um, so if, if I'm not going with him, then I think probably, although I agree with everything Brad said about the defense, I think if Rashi Rice doesn't step up on the offense, mm. then Justin Watson and MVS are your best two receivers, and that is a big problem. Uh, he ended up with 900 and something yards during the regular season. Uh, the use of him got progressively more and more as they figured out he was the only one worthwhile throwing to, apart from Kelsey. Um, so I think without Rashi Rice, we would have had significant problems. Um, but I think the way they found the way to use him um, to take some of the pressure off Kelsey and to open a few things up for Pacheco when teams actually realised they had to cover more than just Kelsey, um, then I think that's probably the biggest difference maker for me. It's a great shout. He came in for the, the sake of the stats. He came in with, and you know, his average uh, yards per reception is really respectable. Uh, 938 yards in the season. Um, 11.9 yeah, average think, uh, yards, which is high. <clears throat> you know, that's, and that is when it shows you that it's that, I have having that difference maker because well done by the way boys actually sorry a little clap well done nobody said Patrick Mahomes well done I respect it I, I respect everybody avoiding the low out. hanging yeah avoid everybody avoiding the low hanging fruit that is Patrick Mahomes and he's, he's massive nuts to play with the way he has with those receivers are you um, so well done guys but yeah no it's um, it, it does show you having that legitimate target system. oh well hang on a minute hang on a minute is that as I give Rashi nice praise he might have excellent you know work after the catch his rushing ability, however, is atrocious. He's had one rush attempt for negative three yards. What's that about? Benching, benching. He, they quickly figured out that was a bad idea. <laughs> I was. So we're not doing the jet sweep rashy anymore. No. That will bring back Nicole Hardman for that. Yes, yeah. exactly. It's not much better. <laughs> True, actually, he's, he's going to fumble, hasn't he? It's, Rashi's jet sweeps are seven four seven. Um, right, okay. You know what? That actually very. You, know, you would think this was a professional organisation because going from mentioning some Kansas City wide receivers, this has been a weird year. Well, weird year in recent years for Kansas City fans because you have been scrabbling together, particularly at wide receiver. The the woes of the Chiefs 
this year in that receiver room are well discussed and they are they've been out there all year. And yeah, you've started to put it together at the end of the year. We've been seeing Rashi step in, which has allowed Kelsey to, to return to some of the form that we're used to seeing at him. I don't think it's controversial to say, barring last week, um, he did hit a bit of a bit of a sour patch. He wasn't doing what was expected of him. And Casey's faced some real adversity this year. This has been a year where you've not been the favourite every single week. There have been mm. lots, even even last week. It was I. Oh, and I need to go back and check. But I'm fairly certain that Vegas had you guys um, under. I'm fairly certain that the Bills were the underdogs against the Bills and the Ravens. Yeah, yeah. Go, I, I, go sorry, the, the Ravens. Uh, the, then the Bills prior to that, um, and then even then the. I've not actually looked at Vegas for the weekend, but it'll be it'll be tight. But I don't think anybody it's would be surprised. Forty nine is by two and a half is the two and a half. Current, so yeah, yeah. So that's odd, you know, and that's not something. And I don't mean for this year. I think you know the bookies. There's a reason the bookies are, are rich, as they say. Um, but it's a strange historical thing or in recent history, anyway. So you guys are, are, are well seasoned Kansas City fans, as we were talking about before we we came live. <laughs> Uh, this evening, some of you guys remember in the deep dark days um, when when things were a little bit uh, more obscure. So you've 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 had that experience of adversity, but how has this season felt from the fans' point of view, watching your team and those concerns about things like the receiver room? You know, Patrick Mahomes is Patrick Mahomes, but he he can't chuck it and catch it. Lamar's the only man that can do that trick. Um, how has that one felt? You know, how has it felt kind of watching and not having that? Or have you, but the bookies be damned, and have you just had that certainty every week we're going to do it and I don't care what they've got to say? So, how have we felt going through the year looking at things at like your receiver room and the struggles and all the rest? Frustrated because it was self inflicted for 95% of it. Um, the false start penalties on the offensive line, too many of them dropped catches, too many of them. Uh, and Andy Reid kept saying on his press conference each week, oh, we're only a tick away, you know, it's just a little thing. But it's like, Andy, it's another week where you're saying the same thing and nothing's improving. But then they get to the playoffs and they just, they have another gear that nobody else has. Um, and they just gain that laser focus when it comes to the playoffs. And it kind it. I said at the start of the season, I'm going to try not to worry too much about what goes on during the season because... The bigger picture is the Chiefs in the playoffs are a different team to the Chiefs in the regular season. It's just how it is. Um, and Andy saves all the good plays for the playoffs. He doesn't waste them um, when you're 17 points up against the Bears or something like that. You know, he saves the good stuff for when he needs it. Um, so I was trying not to get caught up in it, but I still did get caught up in it. But then you see them play Miami and you see them go to Buffalo and you see them go to Baltimore and you realise what was why was I worried about it during the regular season because the playoffs team just it makes a mockery of the rest of the season. Yeah, yeah, I'd, yeah, exactly that. I mean, I, I don't think I've seen my therapist for the last five years, but I think uh, I actually after after see, I, I, I finally I finally succumbed to it. I think this season to go back to see the therapist and just said, you know, I, I, I'm really worried about this team. I'm really worried about them. And I was, I'll, I'll admit, I was very worried about them because, um, you know, when you get rid of somebody like Tyreek Hill, and I know we won a Super Bowl already without him, and and you see 
these wide receivers come in and you 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 get on board with the plan with what Veach is trying to do. He's trying to get a bit cheaper on the position. He's trying to get younger on the position. And you fall into that trap of believing, yeah, he can do no wrong, can Veach. You know, he's 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 brought us Super Bowls. He's brought us great memories in the AFC Championships. And you know, he's brought us Patrick Mahomes and stuff like that, you know. But I think when it didn't, start going well i think a lot of us were all like okay it might just take a bit of time to click into gear after about maybe three or four weeks you know um and neil's right as soon as it started getting on a little bit more and there was the drops were more and more frequent every week i mean we're the we're the, the team with the most drops this season um and you start being a little bit concerned about the fact that okay, this might not be the high-powered offense we've been used to. And we've been so used to the high-powered offense taking us to a Super Bowl and winning Super Bowls. How are we going to do it this time? And fortunate for us, this defense has been has just carried the rest of the team throughout the season, throughout the playoffs. And it feels like the offense has just been holding onto the coattails, just clinging on for dear life, just to make sure that they are... You know they're in 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 amongst it, and if we do need some points, then or need to you know move the chains, whatever, then they'll do the job. Uh, but like Neil said, something just ignites them in them in the in the playoffs. And I said it a few weeks ago on our podcast that all of a sudden it felt like I think the last game of the season, it felt like the championship swagger was back. And it was championship swagger that kind of got us through the other Super Bowls. And um, it was something that kind of Terry Matthew brought up when he was around, you know, when he helped us win the first Super Bowl that we had. And that championship swagger just suddenly seemed to creep back in. And the belief seemed to creep back in as soon as the playoffs came around. And I think that's probably what it is. I think that's probably the next gear that Neil's on about is that belief suddenly raises its head again and basically carries this team even further. And, ups the notch a little bit more just to make sure that this team's done it. I mean, we've got something like, I think we've got 36 players on this roster that have been to the Super Bowl last time and have been to the Super Bowl this time. And I think 12 of them are on the um, on the 49ers side. So there's a lot of wealth of experience from a, such a young team as well. Mm. It's, it, it, yeah, it, it was worrying at first, but I mean, I'm so glad that they proved us all wrong. Yeah, I think I think what Brad was saying there, it's when you see that first week in the Kadarius Tony drop against the Lions, you just you do you start feeling the worst. Um, because there was a lot of hype over the offseason that Kadarius Tony was going to be your wide receiver one. They were going to drip feed in Rishi Rice, um, you were going to see more of the likes of Sky Moore and things like that. And these uh, Sky Moore's never really been one to set the header alike, as far as I'm con- kind of concerned. He's no really stepped up a gear as yet. But you, you, guess... you might say he's not got off the ground. But again, as Neil said, a lot of the stuff was self-inflicted, but there's there were times in the season when you're watching what there were some just absolutely egregious calls against the Chiefs, believe it or not, for the refs. Where like you're looking at that Green no. Bay Packers game, the, <laughs> the one where they got some random ghost assaulted MVS and the Green Bay <laughs> Packers guy just ran out. Yeah. <laughs> so it's 
So it's things like that, and then the Canary storyline is <coughs> offside. It's just, again, just inexcusable, um, self-inflicted mistakes. But it has been all about the defence, and it's not something that we're used to as a Chiefs, as Chiefs fans, certainly not of late. It's been Mahomes and Kelsey, Mahomes, Kelsey Hill. It's the high-powered offence. So to see the defence really step up, and Lajaris need has been lights out all season. Um, it doesn't matter who he's up against. That number one wide receiver is getting locked down. Um, it's uh, the defense has just been unreal. When you've seen them start to kind of kick on, you're thinking, well, wait a minute, maybe we can keep going in the back of the defense, and that's been the way it's been. So it's always an interesting thing. So you always say, you know, offense wins games, defense wins ranks, and it's they've always said that, and it's always been a thing. I suppose it is one of those things that it's really, really interesting. Um, what all you guys have been talking about, you know, Neil Brad particularly, we're kind of going on about it. That that championship swagger really is a thing, um, and it is where it is a culture thing because you know, what I mean, good teams find ways to win games they shouldn't win. Bad teams find ways to lose games they shouldn't lose, and as a clear see, Brown see fan, the Buffalo Bill. See the Buffalo see, Bills see thirteen the Bills, seconds. Yeah, Aye, yeah, yeah good teams don't lose. Good teams don't lose with thirteen seconds to go. Yeah, and, it, and it's as much as <laughs> I enjoy slagging off teams. But you look at so you look at the Bills, you look at the Cowboys. Um, there's, there's reasons why they have accumulated the reputations they've accumulated, and it's not something that you can put down and say, "Oh well, this player always does that," or "This player always," or "This coach." Or, it's way deeper than that. And as I say, as a Browns fan, I definitely get to talk about this. Um, <laughs> get it. Do, do you know what? Just a very slight aside, because it happened recently and it was Pro Bowl related. And get it. When you make a weird Cleveland kind of Cleveland cat. <laughs> David Njoku putting him in his place. No, there's a link, because David Njoku is our big chief. Um, so then, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I got all animated for a minute. Um, so, uh, it is about that. You know, a lot was made, and again, to, to we'll come back come to this towards the tail end of the pod. But um, a lot was made of the Patriot way. We talked about Bill Eller. A lot was made of the Patriot way. Is this the Kansas City way? Well, this is the chief way that it's about winning, and it's just deep seated in them. Now we're going to start to now move on to our kind of second last segment of the pod, guys. Let's take a wee look at each of the three different areas of the team. What I'm really looking for for each of here, guys, is what are you're looking ahead to the Super Bowl now? What are your bits to watch of each of the aspects of your team? So we're going to go offense, we're going to go defense, we're going to wind up on special teams. Um, what are your your personnel packages, your parts of coaching, your your players that you think this is where we are going to make the difference? This is where we are going to show why we've got that winning record, why we've got that winning spirit. This is how we're going to walk away with yet another, he says through gritted teeth, uh, ring to take back to Kansas City. Um, Brad, why don't you kick us off, mate? What is it about the, the Chiefs' offense that is going to see you guys through next Sunday? Well, I mean, I suppose the big thing really is going to be how Mahomes handles this. He's done this before many occasions now. He knows how to handle these these kind of games. Um, but I think we've seen a lot. Of, we've seen a very different Mahomes this year because. How he's navigated himself with through the the playoffs, he's he's almost been like dare I say it Brady like 
with his assessments and and obviously working out you know where the pressure is going to be coming and things and 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 making sure he's protecting the ball. He's almost turned into a bit like a game manager in a way because he understands that the defense is the key to a lot of these wins. And if we can get enough points to race ahead and and get a bit of a lead and then leave it onto the defensive side. That's all that he needs. He's, he's not there for the flash Hollywood passes anymore that, that we've been so accustomed to over the years. So I think with his cool, calm head and the fact that he already knows he's knocked off the the, you know, the one seed and the, the, the two seed already, um, you know, I think he's just going to go into Mahomes mode where he's been quite comfortable all season, really, not getting too ahead of himself, not forcing the ball downfield, which we've seen in previous games in the past where that one against the uh, the Bengals where he had that second half, he he forced the ball so much that actually it killed us in the end. And he's learned from that. And I think he's understood that from going forward, rely on the rest of the team as well. And I think the offensive side... Yeah, it's good that we've got Kelsey. It's great that we've got Kelsey. You know, two Hall of Famers there, Mahomes and Kelsey, are going to be leading the way. But as Neil said before, Rashi Rice has really kind of stepped up to the plate. We've got Isaiah Pacheco, who's really establishing the run game. Um, I think a lot of it is going to come down to how those skill positions are utilised best. And I think establishing the run is going to be very much key because we've not been used to that over the last few years. Uh, establishing a good run game, uh, using the screens. I mean, we seem to be using screens a hell of a lot at the minute. Um, and just trying to get, well, trying to get Kelsey open. He's always open. That's the thing. Uh, Kelsey, he always finds a seam somewhere or some some patch of grass that nobody else is actually covering. And I think if if we can take care of the ball, not do stupid mistakes, and I think that's going to be Mahomes' mindset on this, I think, that's probably how the offense are going to set up. I, I like you saying that Mahomes has been a bit more Brady this this playoff season, just obviously because he's trying to emulate Brady's body type. For him, there's no seen the pixels cut a bit with Pappy's. We better jiggle on the go. He's a sad bod. He's, he's just chucked yeah. that one out there for the rest of us to let us know what those folks You know, um, I, I, I showed my wife that picture, right? And I was like, this guy. Is a two-time Super Bowl champion, possibly going to be three. You are so lucky. You've got a guy like him. <laughs> um, Neil, what about yourself? What, what are your big thoughts for the for the Chiefs' offense as, as we look ahead to next Sunday? Um, I think there's two things for me. One is how do we slow down the 49ers' pass rush? As Brad said, we've done a lot of screens recently. I can see a heavy dose of screens and jet sweeps because when we played the 49ers last year, um, McCole Hardman had three touchdowns on jet sweeps. Um, so I can see slowing Bowser and company down by doing that a lot. Mm. And then the other thing we've done quite a bit of this season is three tight end sets. How do the 49ers defend that? Um, because we have viable pass catching options even in that formation. Uh, you've got Kelsey, you've got Noah Gray, who's underrated if anyone's a gambler sure, take man, the over on noah gray noah gray every week he's like nine and a half ten yards he he's open like mahomes will find him once a week at least can we run out of that formation can we force them into base um personnel to try and defend it in which case we can then pass out of that formation um 
if we can do that, if that's successful with three tight ends, I think that goes a long way towards winning the game. It's, it is very interesting. See, I'm, 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 I'm with you. I'm not. I can't say I watch Chiefs every week, but every time I have watched Chiefs, I've been impressed by them. Um, and it's one of those to, to, to live in the shadow of Kelsey. You know what I mean? It's, it's a dark place for any tight end to exist. Um, but no agrees. You know, he's shown that he is. You know, he, he can be that. Is, is, is it Kelsey's replacement? No. Um, but is he somebody that's a perfectly good uh, option to have in your offensive? Number two. Number he's good number two tight end. Yeah, 100%. Mm-hmm. Uh, Stads, what were you around round this wee bit off? Sorry, I was just noting that bit down for my betting there on Neil's advice. <laughs> <laughs> I was looking for a bit of paper. Straight into the bet, Fred. Straight into the bet, Fred. Ended up with a nice wee great pen. So, no, I think for, for me, Neil, Neil's point there about slowing down the pass, pass rush is going to be key, obviously. Joe Thurney is looking like he's going to be out um, his pectoral injury. So you've got Nick Allegretti stepping in there again as the backup, who done a great job um, against the Ravens. Too. So yeah, we sh- shouldn't really worry too much about that side of it. But I do think it's... I think the Lions showed about getting ahead early on the 49ers. Um, and it was done through a lot of the rushing game. It was done a lot in the back of Montgomery and Gibbs. So I think you will see a lot of Pacheco. I think you will see a lot of the jet sweeps. Um, with the likes of Nicole Hardman, we know it won't be Rashi Rice based on Brian's comments earlier. <laughs> <laughs> but it is going to be things like that. It's, the, the key is going to be slowing down Nick, Nick Bosa, let's be honest. He's the game wrecker on their, their front line. Um, so and to do that, you need to get the ball as far away from as possible really with the screens with the Pacheco rushing game so I think I think Pacheco is going to be key certainly early and I think if we do get ahead like similar to what the, the Lions did I don't see the Niners I don't see our defence folding like the Lions defence did um, I think the Lions defence I think has always been vulnerable and I think you've seen that more through the season and um, they were involved in a lot more close games our defence has shown that vulnerability throughout the season they've just they have been lights out so if we get that lead um it's good and again brad mentioned it as well with Mahomes. he just manages the game it does once he's got that lead he does just enough he'll get just enough yards just to keep the clock ticking over keep wasting time whatever we need if we had to just give the defense even if it's just giving the defense a breather essentially so uh, it's going to be pacheco and the screens for me well, this is an interesting one, folks, because everybody's just heard two of our Kansas City Chiefs panel called Mahomes a game manager and time Um which is something I never thought. Hey, I, I didn't set that one up. Um, right, well, very smoothly, Studs, you have set us up beautifully for our segue into the Kansas City defence. Now, I've had some comments flying at us uh, this evening, guys, from uh, largely through Paul Hope, so thank you much for, for having a wee watch in, who's a Niners fan, been keeping an eye on his via the old YouTube. And a um, couple of points that he makes is, one, it'd be nice, he did say that he's been impressed with your defence against the Ravens, but if there is one offence that the much-vaunted Chiefs defence could struggle against, is it going to be this Niners offence? Now, I need to say I've been impressed with the Niners offence this year. I have been as big a critic as you are likely to find of Brock Purdy. Um, I, I'm somebody who very much felt that he was surrounded by the Avengers. So because he was surrounded by the Avengers fairly average quarterback play was going to be enough because he had so many pieces around him. But 
We've seen it last week where no one can say anything other than he did put the team on his shoulders and lead them to that victory. Um, so, AC defence has been absolutely lights out for most of the year, as you guys say. Is this going to be... Are, are they up to this final challenge? I suppose it's going to be the big question. Um, Neil, you're nodding vigorously. Enjoy a vigorous yeah. nod. Uh, take it away, mate. What, what are we saying, Tip? Um, yes, there's a quick answer to that. Um, I think key done. on the defence. Yeah, that's me done. Um, look, for, look for whoever Chris Jones is lined up against on third down. Um, the 49ers' um, pass protection hasn't been great. Um, and I think wherever their weak point is, you're going to find Chris Jones up against it. And um, I think he will be the difference maker. Um, I know Brad bottled it earlier by nominating Spags and everyone on the defense, but <laughs> Chris Chris Jones is the man on the he is Patrick Mahomes on the defense. He is the one who is going to take the defense on his shoulders and he will make plays when you need him to make plays at the big times. Um so watch out for whoever uh, Chris Jones is up against because whoever that's going to be, that's who the Chiefs think is the weakest link on the 49ers offensive line. Um, I think we'll probably sell out to stop the run. And if we're able to succeed in that, then I yes. think we can put ourselves in advantageous positions. That's a, that's a, that's a big if because that is a... Well, we, we ain't talking about stopping the league average running back here. We are talking about... No, but I mean, you look at, the Raven, look at the Ravens last week. Um, so they, couldn't, they couldn't do anything. Yeah, we're, we're, we're not we're not genuinely trying to compare the Gus Bus to Christian McCaffrey. <laughs> no, but you've thought about that running back Lamar Jackson. <laughs> uh, he's he's running back, back and receiver. He's a, he's a true he's people call Jason Hill a gadget player. Lamar's the real gadget player. Uh, uh, Brad, Brad, what's your take on it? So you know there is a much much said about the Niners offense this year, regardless of how you look at it. Um but as, as we've said that all evening, a lot more has been said about this KC defence. Are, are they up to the task? Um, I think they are, but I think we might see a bit of a difference because, you know, where Spags likes to dial up the blitz quite a bit on, uh, on, on these offences, I don't think that's a wise move against uh, the likes of Brock Purdy because he's... I think he's been pretty pretty darn good against the Blitz this year, which is um, you know um, I think I think I saw his passer rating was like 128 or something like that against the Blitz when it's like five or more pass rushes. So I think it's going to be something that Spags will probably key in on that and go. Do you know what? Okay, fair enough. Let's just send four and just lock down all the all the weapons that they have um, in in the backfield. Uh, you know, and and just see what he can do. I mean, can he? You know, can he force the ball downfield? Can he um, can he find the space that um, that 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 he needs? Um, I think that's probably going to be the key. I think I think you're going to see a very much different style of defense from the Chiefs, which is it's probably going to be difficult to, to actually you know change yourself a little bit, Mike, because you know, like I said, Spags does does like to bring the uh, the blitz quite a bit. But as Neil was saying, when you've got to double up on somebody like Chris Jones, it does start leaving a lot of holes. So they have to be careful with this because it might not be Chris Jones getting to you, but there's some pretty darn good Chiefs defenses on there, defensive players on there that can really, you know, dial themselves up. Um, and, you know, 
right from the slot is is one of the key areas as well. You know, uh, getting the slot corner in there and just dialing him up in the blitz. It could be one of those that just finds the way through the holes. But it's going to be difficult because, you know, credit where credit's due to the 49ers, they've got some weapons. I mean, George Kittle's there, Brandon Ayuk, you know, uh, Debo Samuel, you know, you, you know, they've got some great players there that is really going to be difficult for this Chiefs defense. But... I do think they've got the tails up. They do have that belief. They do have the youth on their side. They do have the experience as well. And you can't really say that much about uh, about a young player having that experience of winning Super Bowls as well. So I think that's probably going to be the uh, the difference, I think. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm kind of same as the guys. I think we mentioned a lot about the championships championship swagger. I think this defence has shown that in abundance throughout the season. Um, for me, I think the most gutting thing on the defensive side is probably that Amenehu is going to miss it. I think he would, from when he come back from his suspension, I think he's really added something to that um, to that defence. And I mean, you've seen it last week with the force fumble on Lamar, how disruptive he can be um, from the edge as well. So it'll be interesting to see who kind of steps into that position and can they be as effective as Amenehu. Um I mean, Chris Jones is Chris Jones. The guy's just frightening. If he's not getting to the quarterback, he's deflecting passes. He's something like, what, 6'7 or something like that. He's just an absolute monster um, on the on the D-line. So for Brock Purdy to try and get by him if he's not getting to him is going to be interesting. Um, I think Nick Bolton's going to have a big part to play. Again, he had a big part to play in the Super Bowl last year with the turnover in Jalen Hurts. And again, obviously, he had a bad injury sort of halfway through the season. So I think he's he's obviously I think he take, kind of makes a lot of the calls for the defense as well. So for a young guy in what his third season, I think with the Chiefs, second or third season, for him to be more or less making the calls for that defense and leading that defense, it's such a huge responsibility on him, and he really seems to be thriving in that role. And he's probably going to be the one maybe covering Kittle, for example. Um, and if he can take Kittle out of the equation for, for the 49ers, I think that will take away one of their major weapons. It is interesting. Uh, and it's going to be it's going to be a hell of a battle. Because as I say, I've my ironically, as I say, been kind of ragging away in Brock Purdy most of the year because he is surrounded by the Avengers. <laughs> I mean, you've got CMC, best running back in the game. There's no, Even with the love I have for Nick Chubb. CMC brings so much, so many other facets to the game that he is so difficult to defend. Kittle, his blocking, even ignoring the receiving threat that he poses, the extra luck he can put in in that line is incredible. Then you've got Debo. We've seen Debo's like the one of the ultimate combination wide receiver running backs um, in the game. We've all seen that year where he basically played running back for a season. And then you've got Brandon Ayuk, who on most... Lots of other teams, it's going to be a wide receiver one, and he's playing second fiddle. But, as we've said, you have got that, what has been an elite unit on defence with elite coaching behind it, so it's going to be an absolute battle. And for reference, Chris, there you go. Sorry, I was going to say, Debo's the one I actually fear most out of that that offence. It's no CMC, it's no Ayuk or Kittle. Um, Although Kittle's a kind of hard guy not to like. He just seems like he's just having an absolute ball on the field the, the whole time he's out there. <laughs> he just doesn't matter if he's running over me or running by you. He just seems to have a big, <laughs> a big cheesy in his face. Um, but now nah, Debo's the one that makes that offence tick and I think you've seen it when he was out injured 
they that's when they lost their games and they lost what was it three in a row or something like that. And everybody thought they were four. Uh, sorry, the Browns were in there. I forgot. Probably forgot. The Browns were against. We should with PJ Walker as quarterback. <laughs> so Debo is the key for me. If we, I think, if we can keep Debo quiet, I think that'll be, and that's probably who you're going to see sleep line up against for me. Right. Okay. Now this is the oft forgotten, but not to me because it's such a vital part of any team, special teams. So what is now? And to be fair, this is what everybody has to love the chief special teams because whoever has the family name Bucker. And then said, you know what, Joe, you're going to play American football and you're going to be a kicker. Um, you know, there's no way that that's an accident. I'm convinced that that name's been deep at some point. I mean, his, his actual surname, something like, like Davies or something like that, like, nah, 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 do you know, we're going to change that because I'm a kicker. Um, so what are the big things to watch out for on, on special teams, guys, for Kansas City? What are, what are the big, obviously, Buckers is going to be a huge part of that, but what are the other parts, including him, that, that we think are going to be the big things? No, the Winchester rifle. Watch out for the Winchester rifle. Bit of long snap, 11. We don't see the Winchester rifle at all. Don't, don't want to see the Winchester rifle out there for me. <laughs> yeah, no, that's a good point, actually. Yeah, <laughs> no, no, we, right, we yeah. don't want fail goals, we want touchdowns. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, no, I mean, special teams, it, it's not something we really talk about other than Booker, really. Uh, I think that, yeah. that you know, he's been so dominant this year in his kicking game. I mean, for a long stretch of that season, he hadn't missed a kick, he was perfect for, I mean, majority of it, I think it was. And I think. You know, to to have the issues that he had, was it a season or two ago where everyone was starting to blame him? Was it his yeah. kicking style? Was it the holding style? Was it the long snapper? Was it, you know, what was it that wasn't clicking with this kicking and uh, clicking with the kicking? Um, and like whatever it was, they've sorted it out. And it just seems as though it's... it's <laughs> whatever it was, they've sorted it out. And, and, you know, credit to them. They've worked on it. They've made sure that it hasn't become a problem. And it's been something that we haven't been talking about, really. It's just been happening. And we've been like, oh, it's, it's Butker. He's just going to nail it every time. Uh, it just it seems just like Mr. Automatic just now, just the form he's in. It's literally, it doesn't matter whether yeah. it's for 25 yards or 50 yards. It just seems, you know, it's going right down the middle. Um, so, I mean, Butker's not somebody that I'd be worrying about. Um, it'd be interesting to see who kind of lines up on our punt returns. Obviously, last year we had the massive one for Kadarius Tony, um, which swung a, swung momentum a lot in that game. And I think it's the longest punt return in Super Bowl history. So, it'd be interesting to see. I don't expect he'll be out there based on his outburst um, on his Instagram live or whatever it was last um, <laughs> last week. Um, Funny feeling, I seen him in a job centre. <laughs> <laughs> so you're maybe looking at somebody like Nicole Hardman, who has a history against the 49ers. Um, the last time we played in the Super Bowl, they had a monster return as well, um, which flipped the field in our favour as well. So could be maybe could see him out there on special teams making big plays again. Definitely. Uh, Neil, anybody that you, you would shine a wee special light on on the special team side of things? 
Um, I, I just think the, the punt returner is going to be Richie James, um, who's done a decent job all season. I think one thing he has been is aggressive with his punt returns. Like He's not <laughs> afraid to take it deeper than you would feel comfortable him taking it. Um, but it, he seems to have that instruction from more. Dave Tobe saying, <laughs> yeah, catch it, catch it and take it out there. Um, so, um, so yeah, I, um, I, I think Richie James returns punts. Um, he's been decent, but like nothing spectacular. Um, but yeah, I, I, I don't think, I don't think we worry too much about special teams. Butker's good. Townsend's good. The return game is what it is. Um, we haven't given up much um, punt return-wise. Um, so I think that's going to be a bit of a scratch, to be honest with you. I think they'll cancel each other out. And I'd it's love to ones. see Tommy Townsend on the sideline with just a fan standing in front of him. With that <laughs> 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 he's that, just a wee special camera up in the top left of the screen with Tommy Townsend and his fan standing there whilst the game's going on in the rest of the screen. It, it's always Townsend cam. Townsend cam. That's a good thought. It's all, it is always the thing because it's the one part of your team you don't want to hear anything about. Because as a rule, if you're talking about special teams, something went bad. So yeah, we, we it sounds like we're confident, right? Okay, we are we are hazardously careening our way towards the end of the end of the episode this evening, chaps. Now I couldn't I couldn't do a Kansas City Chiefs Super Bowl special without asking the question. Now I'm going to do a little bit of hypotheticals. Let's say that he's won. Are we using the D word? Are we using the dynasty word? Are we there? Because I've had this, particularly with studs, we've had this conversation before, and he was cagey as a cagey thing, and he ducks <laughs> and he dies. Honestly, he's when he went, he's a, he's a bigger chap, but he's as nimble as Ali when you try and pin him down with a question like this. Are we looking at a dynasty? Is, is this the Kansas City Chiefs? Dynasty. As long as, and I'll give you a caveat. As long as you have Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes, are we talking dynasty, gents? Can I just answer that question with a question? Go for it. <laughs> did were, were the Patriots considered a dynasty when they did it in those four, first four or five seasons? Because if it, if they were if they were considered a dynasty, then then this Chiefs team, if they win this one, will absolutely be a dynasty. I'm, right now, this is before my, my time of religiously following the league. I'm going to say yes in behalf of the past, <laughs> and because I need the question clarified, <laughs> and I need to read other whole you can escape into. So let's say that yes, we're yeah. not having any of this. We'll revisit it in the year 2034 and look back. <laughs> So I'm going to say we considered the, the Pats a dynasty when and where. So as, and then, there you go. Brad's nailed his colours to the mast as he says, under those conditions, yeah, this is a dynasty. <laughs> Neil, stud, what are we landing on? Uh, okay, <laughs> I, I would say if we win this one, then yes, because we'll have been in six AFC championships in yep. a row. We could realistically have been in six Super Bowls in a row. We were a DeFords offside against the Patriots away from an interception that would have sealed that game. 
and we were a second half complete meltdown. In fact, we we were a, a pass to Tyreek Hill just before half time, where we let the clock run out and didn't take points, any points there, and we probably go on to win that game. And you'd be looking at six Super Bowls in a row. Um, so I think if we win this one, if you've won three, you've been in four of the last five. I think at that stage you have to say yes. I think, uh, and like you said, Brian, as long as you've got Andy Reid and Pat Mahomes, it's hard to see how that's going to change. Scary thing, isn't it? Right, studs. Yeah. <laughs> They've both been brave. They've answered the question. Right? <laughs> Get yourself in. It's team game, isn't it? I've I've got my back up here, so I'm quite happy to answer this question this time. <laughs> <laughs> no, see see for me, I think you're already I do think you're already looking at the dynasty aspect. I mean Neil said it there himself. Six AFC championship games. You've threw one away against the Bengals. Let's not kid ourselves on. The lead we had at half time to go and capitulate the second half like that was ridiculous. The D4 offside that was an absolute heartbreaker. Um, and then you're looking at the other ones as well. So we're in three Super Bowls out of those six AFC Championship games. Um, sorry, four. So as I say, you've got the potential, as Neil, as Neil said, for six in a row. I think you've won two Super Bowls out of the three you've been in. You're now in your fourth with a chance to go for a third in six seasons. I think you're already talking dynasty, as I say. Even even if we the worst was to happen, we didn't win this one. I think you're you are still looking at the dynasty side of it. Pure, even if it's purely from the AFC side of things, because you have been so dominant and teams like the Bills can't find a way to get out their own way and beat you in the playoffs you're still dominating your division so you're still always going to have a chance of being in that Super Bowl every single year until somebody stops you The only team to have made more consecutive AFC Championship games than the Chiefs is the Patriots when they made eight in a row that's the company you're in and if you want to call them a dynasty then you're you're pretty close to that you're pretty close to it. Just, just do it next year. Stefanski and the Browns are coming for you. <laughs> <laughs> no, with Deshaun Watson still getting paid. I know. Hey, listen, wacko for flacko. He's coming back. Um, right, okay. We are moving to our final segment of the evening, gents, and it couldn't be anything else. And again, I love knee ducking and diving prediction time now. Brad, I'm going to come to you last because before we came on you, you were you were saying some interesting things. So I'm going to finish this section off for you, mate. But I am looking for winners, and I'm more importantly because I don't think winners should be a big shock to most listening. In. I want <laughs> scores, and let's see, let's see how close you guys wind up when the fat lady is singing in the early hours of Monday morning for us here in the UK. Um. Studs, kick us off, mate. What is your, your prediction going to be for this weekend? Just before I get to my prediction, I think I mentioned this in the pod the other week, and I don't know if Neil and Brad will agree with this one. The 49ers run into this Super Bowl, for me, has a lot of similarities to our run into the 49ers Super Bowl four years ago, where it was comebacks every single time that we were meeting. So we had the... 
um, the Titans in the championship the round, the Texans. Texans before that, yeah. So I see a lot of similarities in the 49ers run. That said, that doesn't make me brave enough to pick the 49ers against the Chiefs, <laughs> especially with your defence. So I'm, I'm going to go for 27-17 for the Chiefs. I think we're going to get out to an early lead. Um, Buckcar will kick a couple of field goals and our defence will just do what they've been doing all season. Love it. Bold. Early leading, holding it. 27-17 to, to the Chiefs. Neil, what about yourself? Where are you landing on this one, mate? Um, I think Andy Reid, with two weeks to prepare, is going to be a handful for any team. Um, I know the 49ers have got a good defence, but I trust Andy on that kind of preparation. Um, I think if we can get an early lead, then... I think it'd be very difficult for the 49ers if they have to get one dimensional and if they have to put it on Brock Purdy uh, as a um, as a sole threat rather than keeping McCaffrey in the run game in. Uh, I am going to go with the Chiefs 31, the 49ers 24. 31, 24. See, I'm going to be honest, after Pelotown, that game that sounds like a man investing game. Um, Brad, round us off, mate. Do you know what? I've been thinking about this for some time because I just don't I don't really know how this game's gonna fall out, but I've I've had a look at the stats and I've had a look at the last what eleven games the 49ers have played, and they've gone over 21 points in nine of those games. The only two two of those games where they didn't was against the Ravens and I think was it the Cowboys? I think it was. I think I'm not sure who it was, but um they've only done under 21 points in those two games. Um and I think obviously but the, the the fact that the Chiefs have you know dealt with the Ravens easily enough as they did, I think this Chiefs defense is going to suppress yet another team. Um and I think I'm gonna go I think Mahomes is going to get enough points for like 24 points will do it for the Chiefs. But I think the 49ers will probably get 14. 24-14 for me. Hey, that's right. Now, I'm going to be honest. Neil, I like about you again. Um, <laughs> so, for him and all these potentials, I like Neil's game. It sounds amazing. Um, but very, very interesting comments. Lots of chat about it. This is a bit that is interesting for me, the neutral, looking at this one. Because I, I do look at that 49ers team and think, as you say, Brad, they've managed to put up numbers against most. Will mm -hmm. the Chiefs be able to stop that? But you pair that up if you want any, if you want any quarterback in a shootout, picking Patrick Mahomes. He's he's mm -hmm. the man. You're, you're talking two minutes, two minute drill. You need a you need a touchdown. And I, I dare say you're hard pressed to choose anybody but Patrick Mahomes to be leading your offense. Right, okay. Thank you very much. That brings us to the oh, you, end of You didn't do a prediction, time. Brian. Hmm? You didn't give your prediction. prediction. <laughs> do you know? See, I hate this. Trying to get that. No, no. I'll make my prediction. I will make my prediction. Um, but I, I hope I'm wrong. Um, because I kind of like to see somebody else win a Super Bowl for a time. Um, <laughs> but uh, I... I actually, I'm going to be a wee bitty bolder. I think that this is there's going to be scoring in this game. I actually think that I don't know. I've got something, something in my water tells me that Purdy's going to step up. 
Purdy's going to put on a bit of a show, but I think it's just going to be too much for him at the end. So I am going to call it that we are going to have Kansas City 34, Niners 87. And I'm going to say it's going to, there's going to be points are going to go up, but at the end of the day, Purdy's just going to just not be able to keep up come the end of the game. That I think we're going to see quite a cagey start, and I don't think much is going to happen in the first quarter. I don't see either team coming out particularly hot. I think the defences will be out fresh, and they'll, they'll keep things relatively in check. But I think as the game wears on, you're going to see Mahomes move through the gears. You're going to see the Niners' offence move through the gears. I just Even with all the pieces that the Niners have, I, I just... I just think Mahomes has got more gears to move through than they do. So there you go. <laughs> Hope you enjoyed it. Now that I've made my now that I'm unhappy. Right, it's thank it's you very much. Um, and that, <laughs> that does bring a preview of all things Kansas City for the Super Bowl to a close. Uh, now, before I do say, say the final thanks and, and, and a farewell, um, my, my one last question for all three of you, in one line, guys, how are you preparing yourself physically, mentally, and emotionally for the week ahead and the weekend that is before you? Neil, how, how are you getting yourself into the right space for it? Um, I might go back and watch the uh, 49ers Super Bowl from the other year. Um, I do have the version with Mitch Holtis's commentary dubbed over um, the TV commentary because no one wants to listen to those guys. Um, so I might just go back and watch that just for old time's sake. But I do remember at the time that was probably the least enjoyable game I have ever seen. I absolutely hated every minute of it um, until like the last minute. Um, but that was three hours of suffering. Um, but I can probably look with a slightly uh, more rounded perspective on it this time. So I, I think I'll get myself psyched up by watching that. Love it. Get yourself psyched up looking at um, past messages um, of other teams. Um, Brad, what about yourself? How are you getting yourself organised? Uh, well, prepared. Sorry, it's not organised. Prepared. Prepared, yeah. Basically, I'm just going to soak up all of, all of the information I'm getting off, uh, off social media in a minute. Just seeing all of the Chiefs. Uh, logo and everything like that all over the, the Raiders locker room and the, you know, seeing the, 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 the Chiefs end zone and things like that. Just just kind of like just feeling a bit smug about myself, you know, and it's probably not really a good thing, a good look to have when you, you know, Super Bowl champions and you're in another Super Bowl. But to win one in their house, we'll be talking about this for centuries. <laughs> Yeah. So that's how I'm preparing myself. <laughs> I, do, I feel like that because it's not the. Is it not the worker that buried the the flag? Yes. As well. So what we are, I'm, I'm all about a wee story like that. Oh. Uh, Studs, what about yourself, sir? <laughs> how, are you, how are you preparing yourself for the for the weekend, the weekend that lies before you? So I'm just I'm just still thinking about Brad's comment about winning the winning the Super Bowl in the Raiders' house, and it just it keeps bringing me back to the them driving the the bus the round bus. the <laughs> after beating us. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We, we should literally have it. You should if we win it, victory parade in Kansas City, and then a victory parade in Vegas just to annoy you. <laughs> Down the street, <laughs> down the street with the bus. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but, uh, uh, for, for me, I'm, I'm, I quite fancy going back and watching the see the kind of the recap that the NFL films do where they talk to the players about the season. 
So I quite like to kind of watch that the night before. So I might go back and watch um, the the previous 49ers one. And I don't know if the, is the one out is the one been out about last season yet. I can't. I need to check that one. Um, and what and watch those. And then on the Sunday, I'll prepare myself by going refereeing a game and getting. I've just shouted at me for ninety minutes um, before heading to the pub with the boys. <laughs> See, I was going to be all sarcastic. Say that's just your average Sunday. Actually, it's yeah. just your average Sunday. Uh, so. It actually was, especially yesterday when I get called cheating. They see you next Tuesday. Uh, <laughs> we're, we're actually watching the uh, game well, at, uh, that's, that's, at Liverpool, aren't we, Neil? Yep, that's right. I was right, going yeah. to say, I seen oh, that yeah, you so. boys are heading out to mm. Liverpool in, in an event yeah, sponsored so by Jack Daniels. If it goes all wrong, what could be all wrong? <laughs> well. I hope you gents have a fantastic Sunday watching the game. Studs, I am sure that you and the boys will have a fantastic time watching it as well. And remember, for everybody listening, the crew are going to be live. We are going to be getting a live pod out on Sunday that you can make sure you are keeping top of all the socials for all of the details about how you could potentially have the fortune of bumping into the crew live and in the flesh. I use the word fortune in inverted commas. Uh, that beautiful face. Um, so, with that all said, it is sadly time to wrap up proceedings for the evening. Uh, now, remember, join the crew later in the week when we'll have a look at the Chiefs dance partner uh, for the weekend, the the Avengers of the NFL. It will be time for the San Francisco 49ers. Now, remember, you can keep in touch with the crew. Uh, you can catch us on X at Grid Iron Crew. It's grid underscore iron underscore crew on Instagram. Stick Red Iron Crew into YouTube. And as always, you can catch us wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, I have been Brian, the Conscious Cleveland Donlan. Thank you very much for listening. Neil, thank you very much for joining me this evening, mate. You're welcome. Thanks for having Brad, me. Brad, thank you. you. Brad's becoming a regular feature in the pod now. <laughs> um, we're, we're just keeping Brad here. But Brad, thank you very much. <laughs> I get where water couldn't, mate. Thank you very much, Chief. No, no hassles, man. And Neil and Brad, hope uh, Liverpool's as enjoyable as Dublin was for you last year. Uh, oh, was right there and, um, oh was amazing. Uh, yeah. The Dublin one looked class as well, to be fair. Um, and Brian will we'll make Brilliant. sure we'll get the guys um, Twitter handles when we're putting this out yes all of the guys Twitters uh, Arrowheads Abroad uh, the the uh, Kansas City the podcast all the rest of that will be linked up everything you need to make sure you give the guys a look get involved with all of that folks and with that thank you very much for listening and we will catch you all in the next one 